This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. Happy Tuesday night or whatever night you happen to be listening to us here. We are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Don't forget all our programming is anywhere. Fine podcasts are made available and it is interview time. We have a very talented individual with us tonight who has wrestled in so many different places. Her career spanned many, many years. She has uh, been trained by people even I am familiar with on a personal level, which makes things even more interesting. She most recently appeared in AEW as well. The Monster Factory, which uh, is one of the most respected training facilities in professional wrestling. We'll talk to her about that as well. She's also spent some time in PPW, our good friends up there as well. So it's going to be fun. Great, great conversation. And then we'll go ahead and plug her socials as well. So you can go ahead and buy tickets and find her at the nearest show that's in your area. Vianette Rivera, come on in. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. Been very excited about doing this interview with you. I'm excited to find out about your career, what got you into wrestling and everything. But in general, how is life treating you right now before we kind of go into it? Life is good. I feel like uh, it's pretty simple for me. Kind of do the same thing day in, day out. But I enjoy it every single day. So can't really complain. Good. And you had mentioned before you have a daughter as well. So that's really cool. Yeah, I do. I have a five-year-old daughter. She's amazing, funny. You know, she really... uh, test me sometime too with the attitude but <laughs> again again i can't really get mad because she gets it from somebody and i think that somebody is me so <laughs> it, it goes full circle doesn't it it truly it truly does it's crazy um my wife and i are going to be expecting uh and it'll be a daughter as well that'll be happening um, uh, in march so that's amazing time, congrats thank you uh give me some insight on things that i can do to uh I have a niece already and uh-huh. we do Barbies together. She likes to play makeup shop and all that stuff. And you know what? I absolutely love it. And yeah. I am so excited to be having a child, but specifically a daughter, just because I feel like it's amazing. Yeah. Like there's so many things you can do. Mother, daughter things as well. Yeah. And I'm already like wrapped right now. I'm <laughs> It, it truly is amazing. Honestly, um, the biggest uh, piece of advice I could probably give you is like, there's going to be a thousand different ways people are going to tell you to do something or how they've done it or, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it truly is up to you and your wife how you want to raise your daughter. I mean, people can give opinions, but ultimately it's both of your decisions to do whatever you think is best. And it really does fly. It's so cliche when they say time flies, but like I could remember just yesterday having her and she's already five. It's like, don't take any minute for granted with your child because like your parents used to tell you when you were younger, don't rush to grow up. It it really is true. Like it happens fast. Wow. 
you're right. You, some people have been telling me, you know, you guys make sure you do this and make sure you do that. And it's yep. like, but I, I think that's human nature too. Wouldn't you agree? It is, of course. People, I think, I think they mean well, but I think also mm -hmm. it's like, you're right. You have to trust your instinct and yeah. whatever works for this team may not have worked for that it's, team. Exactly. Every family, every outcome is different. You have to go with your own gut and trust in your instinct of being a parent, even though you're a new parent, it will truly, it'll come naturally to you because it's something you both wanted and probably waited a long time for. So it'll just be such a natural, like organic thing when it's really meant to be. It just, everything truly falls into place once you have a kid. At least I believe so. Oh no, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. Mm. So, so far you're the one who's it, giving me great advice and in, in, in talking <laughs> to me. Let's go ahead and let's let's talk about you because great career. Obviously, you started in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, you got a lot of years of experience. I mean, just looking at some of these names here, Danny Cage, Blumini, QT Marshall, uh, Punisher Martinez. There's so many different people that you know you've had an opportunity to get to know through everything. So I guess the very, very first thing, and you've probably been asked this before, uh -huh. why wrestling? Why wrestling? What made what made that uh, so appealing to you? It's it's funny because you know most people's answer are oh I've watched it since a kid and it's always something I wanted to do but for me that's that just wasn't the case I mean I did watch it as a kid but I never grew up thinking I want to do pro wrestling as a career you know but I went to a WrestleMania when they were at the MetLife and I swear I at that point in time I didn't know like what I wanted to do with my life. I wasn't going to college. You know, I kind of was just cruising, doing jobs here and there. And then I went to that. And the very next day I searched for a wrestling school near me and I found the Monster Factory. I reached out to Danny. He told me to come by for a tryout. I went and kind of was history from there. Like the minute I did the tryout, I was like, I'm in love. But the next day when I woke up, I was like, oh, I don't know <laughs> if I could do this. <laughs> I was like, man, this is like a pain and just like, I don't know, a realism to like that it hurts. It's not easy. And it's probably one of the most difficult sports there truly is, is professional wrestling. It's something like nothing you could describe unless you've done it yourself. I, they were talking to, I recently saw an interview, gosh, and I hope I get this right. I'll, I'll come up with the MMA person's name, but he said... Mm -hmm. Pro wrestling is way harder than UFC as far as the punishment. And he said, we may have fights that last a minute, two minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And we got gloves and you may get punched or whatnot. But he said, for the most part, you walk away and you're okay. There might be a little bit of swelling, but it's like six months or eight months in between each fight. And he said, yeah. we also don't take bumps every single night. He goes, there's no way our bodies would hold up if we did that. We put ourselves through brutality every yeah. single night. And I agree a 100% what wrestling does to your body. Let's talk about that just to kind of start out. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you've noticed that you, okay, I need to change the way maybe I do this or I do that because, okay, this is, this is just not working right now. I'm just yeah. really, really hurting. I just think that like when I first started wrestling, I was a lot younger. I was 23 years old. So it, it hurt. But it didn't bother me as much as it does now, as in like I'm 31 now. So the more bumps I take, the more physical the pain is for me. It lasts longer, you know, so it's like 
you try to not think about it, but it's kind of hard when you're going to the gym or, you know, you're doing your everyday life, taking care of your kid and doing stuff. It's, it's something you have to kind of get used to, but you do get used to it and you just fall in love with the aspect of being able to perform in front of people, in front of people, you know, in that moment, I'm not feeling pain when I'm wrestling, you know, my adrenaline is going so high that I'm just enjoying the high of performing for people and doing what I love. It's the next coming days where I'm like, whoa, <laughs> here it goes. <laughs> here comes the pain. But it, it, at the end of the day, it's worth it because it's something that I truly love to do. And I get such enjoyment out of performing for people and just wrestling in general. What, what would you say brought you to that WrestleMania? So if you didn't really watch it when you were growing up and whatnot, and you end up going to that show, was it somebody you went with to the show yeah. or was it? So, yeah, I had an ex-boyfriend who was really into wrestling at the time when we were dating. So we were watching, you know, any wrestling show that was on, we'd be watching it. And he told me, he was just like, I want to go to the WrestleMania at MetLife. Do you want to come with me? And I wasn't opposed. So I was like, yeah, of course I'll come. And then I'm telling you when I went and I just saw it, the, the, the showmanship, the athleticism, just everything behind the wrestling event just drew me in. I was like, Oh, I have to do this. I have to, I, I want to be down there. I want to be wrestling in front of people. I don't want to be watching. I want to be that person who people are watching. Now, were you in athletics or were you in anything earlier on in early part of your life? Um, I mean, I played softball in, in high school, uh, played volleyball. Like I always was an athletic kid growing up. Like I just liked sports in general. I was my dad has five daughters. I was his tomboy. I was always the one doing all the sports and just liking to like, I guess you would say like do anything that was physical. So when wrestling like presented itself to me again later on in my life, I was like, I, I mean, I think this was my calling. I just never knew it until I was 23. It's kind of interesting. You find your calling in, in 23, super, super young. You're still super, super young. I will not yeah. divulge when my birthday is, um, <laughs> but it's neat to see and, and kind of walk me through this when you find that thing in your life mm -hmm. that you're like this is it like not just wrestling but just that feeling of fulfillment like yeah. I think we all kind of go through that like when you find a profession that you love mm -hmm. to do it's just natural as a glove so you had your tryout match did you feel like your tryout match went really well or what was your thoughts coming out of it I thought I did horrible <laughs> I thought I thought wow like you know I have a lot of work to do but I also, at the same time, I felt good that I did it and I accomplished something that a couple months prior, I didn't even know was a possibility. So it just made me want more, you know. So walk me through that. So you end up getting, you know, the notification that you're accepted. And so mm -hmm. you're you're officially in. What mm -hmm. um, what was it like in your class? Was there was it a big class when you were getting trained? Was it a small group? What was it, that? Well, it's definitely it was definitely a lot smaller than like the Monster Factory is now. You know, the Monster Factory has so many amazing, talented students there now. Uh, back then, it was probably a, a solid group of uh, I'd say nine to twelve of us a class that were there three days a week, working hard. All had the same goal, you know, get noticed, be seen, and it was pretty cool because when I came to the Monster Factory, there was one other there, one other girl there. Uh, she winded up going somewhere else. I'm not sure where. And so it left just me being the only girl for a long time. 
And um, I didn't want to be treated like I was the only girl. So anytime I would get in the ring, especially with uh, Wild Bill Wows, he would toss me around like I was not a girl. Until this day, I owe that man my strength when it comes to being in the ring, physically with the pain, because he never treated me like a girl. He treated me like an equal, and we he wrestled me like I was an equal, and it, it truly toughened me up for what I was getting myself into. That says a lot about the character of somebody who just sees the person as um, a prospect instead mm -hmm. of seeing, you know, male, female, whatever. Because yeah. I think earlier in wrestling, I'm not sure if you had seen some of this, but women's wrestling was very stereotyped. And yeah. it was the bra and panties matches. It was very yep. over-sexualized. It wasn't something the that The bathroom people... break match. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Popcorn, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So now women's wrestling is headlining WrestleManias. It's headlining pay-per-views. Some of the most watched wrestlers in the world are women right now. So mm -hmm. it's got to feel amazing right now to be a part of something, a time in wrestling where women's wrestling could not be hotter and it could not yeah. be more respected and more must-see TV. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does feel great because women deserve to be treated just as equal as any man who steps inside a wrestling ring because we are doing the same exact thing they are. The only difference is we are female, they are male. So why should there be any type of standard that we can't be as good as them? Because in my opinion, women are the strongest people in the world. We give birth. Like men don't this do that. True. Women no. do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that alone just shows how strong we are and how we were always meant to be in the forefront. But now it's only getting recognized now, you know? So I just think everything takes time for people to realize that we are equally as good as any male wrestler. And it's a shame that that evolution has taken so long as well. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like, man, there's so many women who came before who probably and rightfully deserved opportunities, but just Absolutely. didn't get looked at. And they got put in the, oh, yeah. well, I want you to wear this skimpy outfit and jump around. Like mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, that's really like disrespectful and degrading yeah. because you busted your ass. You go through wrestling school, which in itself tears your body down. You Mm -hmm. complete it and now you're ready to go and, and sign with the promotion and all of a sudden they're wanting to put you in makeup and all this other stuff yeah. it's just wow um just just to be you know on the side not in the forefront is a crappy feeling nobody wants to feel like they're not worthy of being at the top so when you're going through your training and you know obviously there's there's days when you're going to go home and get the ice bucket out and wrap up the elbows and the knees. Was there a moment, and sometimes there's one moment, sometimes it's kind of a genesis, when you feel like, man, I really started hitting my stride. Like they were teaching mm -hmm. me this and this. Now I'm kind of flowing with all of it. Where before it was like, okay, this, okay, then this. When did that happen for you? I feel like I felt pretty good within a year of my beginning of training that I knew that I was capable of following instructions or following the training. And like, as long as I didn't give up, I could only progress. You know, everybody is their own worst enemy. People get in their head. People feel, feel like they can't do something because they messed up or it wasn't a good day. But if you just keep striving at something 
you can only get better. It's when you don't continue that nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to remain the same. Speaking of that exact situation, was there any time in your training that maybe other people in your class started to have those doubts? And then did you guys have a pretty close knit group where people would rally around each other, you know, pick each other up? Yeah. uh, When I first started wrestling, I feel like the 10 to 12 of us that were there consistently, we felt, you know, we were all close, of course, with any type of family aspect. There's people that don't always get along, personalities that don't always mix. Uh, I just think that's inevitable. Not everybody is going to like everybody on a personal level. You know, it's all about how you handle yourself. Um, I can't speak for anybody with with what happened in their career. But for me, like there were times where of course I wanted to give up or there were times where girls who I were coming up with were getting more recognition than me. And it gives you that doubt on yourself. Like what, what do they have that I don't have? How come they're getting the recognition? Not that they don't deserve it, but how come it's happening for them, but it's not happening for me. That's uh, I feel like for me, my biggest thing in my career is, I never really got the opportunity to really show what I am capable of as a wrestler. I've kind of always just been like on a, I don't know, very consistent sale of nothing huge happening, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. What what does one do when they feel like they're kind of in that mode right there? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of seen at this tier. Um, is it looked upon by your trainers to say, you know, when you were going through it, Hey, speak up, say this, say that. I know from talking to a lot of different wrestlers, uh, some people just aren't that way, believe it or not. Some people are just not one to really say a whole lot because they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to say something that someone all of a sudden thinks, Oh, are you uh, not grateful or whatever? So Mm -hmm. how do you handle situations where you're like, man, I'm really jonesing for this. Like, I really feel like my time is now. How would you, how do you handle that when you're coming to talk to a promoter? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's tough because like when I first started wrestling, when I was a lot younger, you know, my attitude wasn't the best. I kind of had a crappy attitude where I just expected more than what I, like, I thought I deserved more. If that makes sense. Like I, 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 wanted more so bad. And when it wasn't happening, like I would just have a shitty attitude. Um, so like that, I feel like backfired on me because it gave me, gave people the perception of me that I was, I don't know. I can, I curse on here. (laughs) You can say whatever you want (laughs) that I was a bitch with an attitude. So I feel like as after having my daughter and me coming back to wrestling recently, I've kind of came in there with a, a different mindset of, Whatever is meant to happen is going to happen. And I know my worth. I know my talent when it comes to wrestling. And when somebody who's on the higher up actually gets the chance to see that, my opportunity will happen. And if not, at least I can say I tried. I went back. I gave it my all. And I will genuinely be happy with that rather than knowing, like, I gave up and didn't even try. It's interesting you mentioned that because that's so, so important what you said before because I feel like – and I apologize if I'm messing with this earpiece so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's okay. <laughs> there there seems to be – and now that you ha- you're in your, your second 
version of your career, man, it just seems like you're so mm-hmm. seasoned and it feels like you're in a different place in your life. And it's almost like night and day. Would you say it's like a completely restart of who you are in the industry? 1000%. I, I am not the same young girl I was at 23 versus 31. Now I'm, I feel I'm a woman, I'm a mother, you know, uh, that in itself changed me as a person, you know, carrying my daughter for nine months, which wasn't by far the easy thing to do. My pregnancy was very rough, you know, to giving birth to my daughter where I was in labor for 32 hours only to be told I have to have a C-section. I can't give birth to her naturally. And Mm. mentally for a lot of women that just makes a woman feel defeated like they took the easy way out by having a c-section versus a vaginal birth which is just so untrue because no matter how you give birth to a child it's truly the hardest thing in the world and it's a miracle in itself so you should be proud there should be no type of stigma between one birth versus the other so that changed me and then just raising my daughter and and realizing that would I ever want my daughter to be nasty or treat other girls badly, you know, or, or have that done to her? Like I have to set an example for my daughter. So I need to reevaluate myself and change the way I look at things and change the way I handle things. And I feel like that goes hand in hand with professional wrestling too. I agree. I mean, it's the, (laughs) it's the evolution, right? It's the, it's the, genesis of who you are as a person and then that just Mm -hmm. is naturally going to spill over into your professional life and it's like you get it let me ask you this so i'm not going to name any promotions but there's certain Uh promotions there nowadays that the new generation let's say the 23 year olds and 25 year olds um they do have that sense of hey you know what i got this i know what i'm doing blah 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 right and i'm sure you've seen it in locker rooms Mm -hmm. do you ever want to come up to them or or talk to anybody and go, Hey, listen, I've been here before I've mm-hmm. walked this road. I know you might want to do X, Y, and Z, or do you feel like, you know what? They got to go on their own journey. I think it's 50, 50, because there are times where I'm like, Oh, I wish I could just go up to this person and say, and give them a piece of advice. But then it's like, I don't know how they're going to react. I don't know if they're going to take it as if I'm coming across egotistical or they're going to take it as a genuine like interaction. So most of the time I don't say anything. I just kind of think to myself, well, this, everybody has a path and they're going to have to learn in their own right. Because even if I were to say something to someone, that doesn't mean they're just going to have an epiphany and go on and change. You know, most change doesn't happen until something happens in somebody's life to make that change. If that makes sense. No, you know, if I understand what I'm trying to say. Yes, I do. So your, your second stint in wrestling, you feel, it seems like your confidence has changed. Your vision has changed. Um, like you said before, I mean, you went from being a young lady to now you're a woman and now mm-hmm. you're more confident in your, and this is so awesome to see the transformation in people because we all go through these times where we start out yeah. and we're, we're early on and we're like, well, we're not really sure about this or that. But then as time goes on, you become more seasoned and you experience other life things. So in the locker room now, yeah. what is a locker room like? I mean, 
do do they still do the whole handshake thing as everybody normally do you ingratiate yourself when you walk into a locker room what is the the protocol like when you were being taught at the monster factory what did they tell you to do versus mm -hmm. what are you seeing in 2022 well when i came into wrestling it was you make sure you shake every person's hand in the room you introduce yourself um you know you be respectful not that it's not like that now, but of course, with that after COVID, not a lot of people like to shake hands now. Yeah. But I, I do believe you should always still, you know, give, even if it's just a nod, something that says you're saying hello, you're kind of introducing yourself, you know, a smile even goes a long way. I won't go personally shake everybody's hand, but if I am walking around and I see people, I say hi, I smile, I give a nod, how you doing, how's your day? Just as just like I would do if I was walking down the street and I see somebody, I'm always the type to be like, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just always kind of say something or smile just to show, you know, I'm not a bitch. <laughs> no, but it, it makes it it totally makes sense. And I feel like in a lot of ways. You don't necessarily always get that from people nowadays. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like people can be more standoffish or people yeah. <laughs> can be, oh, what's their intention? They trying to be fake nice or whatever. No, people, mm -hmm. people can be like that. But it's neat to see someone who genuinely says, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way to say hello, to introduce myself. Yeah. And you know what? What you do with that is your choice. But I'm at least going to – I'm going to come halfway. And whether if you come halfway or not, it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as just a, a small little smile can brighten up somebody's day. You don't know what anybody is going through. You know, everybody yeah. has their own life to live. Everybody has their own problems and issues. You, you you truly don't know. So just being nice and not looking like you hate life is, is a nice gesture. You know, I, I'm a, a server as well. I serve in a restaurant. So, like, I'm constantly dealing with people. And it's really sad when people are just mean or nasty for no reason like it, it to me it's just like you woke up today you're breathing you're out eating you're doing something you should treat people with respect you should not talk to people as if they're beneath you it doesn't matter what your career is what that person's career is like i think everybody should just be treated equally and it's it's really not that hard to do but it just seems like nowadays it's the hardest thing for people to do to be nice I think it's hard because most people don't look past their own nose and yeah. they don't even really take into other people's considerations of what they're going through. Yeah. And if we become a society like that, that's not good. And plus, like you yeah. said before, you're a role model for your daughter. So I feel like it yeah. always comes back to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what? I want her to pick up on these traits. I want her to yeah. realize this no matter what society does. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like every day when I drop my daughter off at school, Besides giving her a kiss goodbye, tell her, be kind, be a good girl, and have a great day. Because those three things are not that hard to do. And if she hears it, she's aware that she should be doing it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So you're, so you're going through your training, and you're getting mm -hmm. your bumps, and you're getting great experience, and you're being treated as an equal. And you're learning really quickly that, you know what, I'm tougher than I thought I was. Um, let me ask you this building up to graduation and being ready for your first match, your first booking. What yeah. was that? What was that like? Did, did you ever feel like, 
you were, oh man, I'm Jones and I'm itching to go ahead and, and get booked? Or were you like, um, um, like, is this really, are we, are we able to fly now with our own wings and, you know, go off and do our own thing? What was that like? I think I definitely knew I was ready. Like I, I knew like I could go out there and put on a solid match for the the amount of experience I had but I I also was super nervous I oh until this day I still dry heave like I still feel like I'm going to puke anytime before I have a match it never fails <laughs> no matter how confident I am on the match I still get nervous but the minute I kind of get in that ring and I sit on that top turnbuckle I just like, I don't know, it's something that kind of comes over me of it's, it's, it's go time. It's time to perform. It's time to, and I'm normally the heel, the bitchy heel. So it's time to really <laughs> put on a show for people and there's no feeling like it. So all those nerves and everything else goes out the window. I mean, not every match is going to be perfect, but the fact that I'm out there and I'm doing it is an amazing feeling. No, I would agree. I would agree completely. It's funny when you mention that how things when before you go through the curtain and then all of mm. a sudden you come out and it's like it washes over you. It, it's almost yeah. like you go through this change. Yeah. It's, and I, it's like it's a snap into my character. You know, yes. I'm no longer Vinette Rivera. I'm Miranda Vinette, the envy. That's that's who you're watching. And then the minute I go back through that curtain, I'm back to being. Vinette Rivera, uh, myself again, you know, it, it's, it's so cool. And I think that's why I let a lot of wrestlers love wrestling because of the, the, the performancing, the, the showmanship behind wrestling, you know, tra transforming into a character, even if it's just you yourself and heightened at that by 10, it's still a character that you're portraying. It's still you performing and being somebody that you're not in your regular day. You get to like step out of your shell. At, at, well, tell me if this <laughs> makes sense to you. People say, well, why do you like wrestling so much? And I say, well, why do you like Avengers games so much? Or yeah. why do you like Superman or Batman or whomever it is? Mm -hmm. And I said, that's my version of it. Yeah. The you fall in I love watch, with the character. You want to see more. You want to get to know them more. That's the best part about wrestling are the storylines behind wrestling. That's what people really enjoy. You know, obviously the physical part is pretty damn cool to see, you know, but the show and the story is the best part about wrestling. You had mentioned about, you know, putting a match on. So kind of walk me through the the process of, you know, you can even talk about your, your first stint in wrestling or even today. How do mm -hmm. you put a match together? I mean, something is for, for a novice like me, who is, is mm -hmm. I'm just a host. How does that happen? So you're going to be working with Jane Smith. So mm -hmm. you find out you guys are working together. How does that work out? Do you guys go sit somewhere? And how does that, okay, I'm going to do this. We're going to do that. How does that work? Yeah, uh, you obviously you get with the person that you're having your match with. Um, you figure out who's baby face, who's heel. And my kind of way I like to do it is I just, I like to find, ask them a, like personal, like questions about their character. Like, how would they describe their character to me? Because if I was describing myself, I always, the best person put it, it was uh, Missy Sampson. She said to me that I come off as a hood bitch in the ring. And I said to her, <laughs> I said, well, you couldn't have said it any better yourself because that's literally how I'm trying to come off as. So the fact that you see it 
shows, you know, that it's working. So I always like to ask other people, you know, how would you describe yourself? And then we go from there. And then I ask them, because, you know, I'm normally the heel. So the heel is the, the person who leads the match. So I always ask them, uh, what's the best moves you like to do? What are the most things you're good at that anytime you get in that ring, you nail it every single time. And then we incorporate that and let them know, like we're in there as a team, we're working together. Who doesn't matter who gets picked to win or lose. Like it's me and you in there. Or even if there's more people, fatal four away, double tag, like whatever it's, we're a team in there. It's not just, I'm not just going out there to make myself look good. And you shouldn't just be going out there to make yourself look good. Like we should be making each other look good. You know, when it's my time to sell, I should be selling your moves. Like I'm at the friggin' Oscars. Like this is the best performance of my life. <laughs> and you should be doing the same for me. Like that's where I feel like sometimes people forget in wrestling. They kind of are, oh, well, I need to look good or I need to win. Like, no, we're we're out there together. We're supposed to make each other look good. We're supposed to have a, a match together and not just think of it as I'm only out for me and you're only out for you. And, I, and that's another thing that it took time for me to realize because when I first started, I did not think like that at all. I was that person who was like, well, why do I have to lose? Like, oh, why does she get to win? Where if that, that really doesn't matter to me anymore. It, it truly does. I mean, yeah, it's always great to win, but if we just both went out there, we put on a great match, I'm happy. Like, well, that's what it's about. It's so, I love the fact that you said that because I feel like in an industry like this, which is so demanding, it is so hard. And I think that there is no industry that is scrutinized more. Mm -hmm. There is no second takes. This is live in front yeah. of an audience. That's hard to do. There is pressure to be able to be on your A game as well. And that there's a lot going into that. Plus, obviously, like you said before, working with the person with you mm -hmm. and the, the better you both look, hey, at the end of the day, more bookers are going to be looking to put you two together yeah. to make more money. So it, it yeah. behooves both parties to to do really well. Yeah. Let me ask you, is there anybody that you, not even naming names, we're a, mm -hmm. we're a new name show that really get focused too much on the wins and losses? I think at some point in everybody's wrestling career, they kind of do. It's kind of hard not to when you first start because it makes you question, well, is they, are they picking this person to win because they're better than me? You know, you always question yourself in wrestling. You know, everything, oh, does, does this have a meaning to it? When it shouldn't be that way. But I feel like it's hard for people who are coming up in it to not see it that way. I just think it takes experience experience and time of doing it to realize that it doesn't matter win or lose if you go out there and you work together and you have this amazing show and this amazing match that that's the win right there in itself like that's really the win I mean who doesn't love a title or to be the top dog the you know the number one pick but it takes two people at least two people to have a match you couldn't have a match by yourself I mean you could but how good would it be? You know, it always oh, takes, it's an effort together. So that win, even though only one person is getting recognized for it, it is both of your win because you did it together. No, you know, makes like the, the, ma the match, uh, the full gear match, Tony uh, Storm and Jamie Hayter. Like, even though Tony Storm lost that belt, 
Loved it. That match was just so incredible that they they truly both just won together. You know, like the other girl helped the other girl get to the top. And that is just amazing. Doesn't matter, you know, that one of them lost. They both won because they had an incredible match that they worked on together. It took two of them, not one of them. And ultimately, it makes the women's division look even more awesome. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it really is a loser in that one. It's just, Mm-mm. wow, we just saw something so freaking awesome. Yeah, that just blows your mind. You know how incredibly talented those two women are. They just killed it. We're going to be talking about a championship that recently happened uh, coming down here the road here. But <laughs> I want to also talk to you about veterans and the <laughs> veterans that you've come in contact with or shared a locker room with. And had there any been, been anybody who you've gotten the opportunity to kind of pick their brain or, oh my gosh, you know, I really respect what you do. Do you have a few seconds? I would love to get your opinion. Or maybe somebody just came up and said, you know, hey, I'd love to share this with you. Any veterans who've shared some really cool moments with you? Um, Not that like shared any cool moments, but I've talked to – a few Melina being one of them. Um, and she was really nice, sweet. And then recently I got to meet Soraya, AKA Paige, however, you know, you want to say, and man, I was just pleasantly surprised with how genuinely nice she was. She truly, I watched her. She went up to almost every single person she saw and made sure she introduced herself or said hi. And it's just, it's so amazing to see because, you know, she's been in the wrestling business since a kid for I know. well over, what, a decade or two? You know, she's been doing it forever and she still, you know, Humble. went out of her way to make sure she said hi to everyone. And to me, that was just like, wow, this this woman is just, she's a genuinely nice woman. You know, she looks at everybody the same and she treats everybody the same and you couldn't ask for anybody better. It makes you feel good too when you see those moments where it's mm-hmm. like, man, you know what? That's really cool. Like these people yeah. who have gotten such great success, they've never forgotten. They've yeah. never forgotten the the basics of what it is just to be a good human being like you talked about yeah. earlier with your daughter. But bringing that into wrestling and it's like – because I think it's very competitive. You probably know this. Very mm-hmm. competitive. <laughs> very. I mean to the point where it's like, oh, wow. Um yeah. But to the point where you see good people doing good things, it, it almost kind of like reinstills your faith in good people out there. And I think that's it, pretty sweet. It, it really does. It really does. Um, because, you know, somebody of her caliber doesn't need to go out of her way to say hi to people. You know, she could just walk on by and it would be fine. But like she didn't. She She truly took the time out of her day to to be a kind person. And for me, that just goes a long way. Just in general with anybody that does something like that. It just, you know, I, I couldn't, I have the utmost respect for them. Well, speaking of success, you, my friend have had some great success. You've been a champion on multiple occasions (laughs) and that's got to feel really good too. Like, as we talked about earlier, that vindication, you know, I know I'm really working hard. I'm really trying to do to do really well. And then to be discovered that, you know what, you're going to be the champion. Yeah. First of all, your first championship. Talk to me a little bit about how that came about when you found out 
And then what did that feel like after the three count? And here you are, this is your moment. Yeah. So when I first came to the Monster Factory, uh, there wasn't a, a girl's championship belt there. It was just, you know, uh, heavyweight for the guys, tag for the guys, supersonic for the guys. Um, and then I think the more I started wrestling, the more Danny was seeing my potential, you know, seeing that, you know, this this girl really does have something about her. And I think, you know, it should be recognized by adding a girl's championship. and that he did. And, and when he decided that it was going to go on to me first, I was ecstatic. I was like, wow, he actually sees my potential. And, you know, he didn't have to go out of his way to, to make the belt. Like he, he could have just kept things as they were, but he didn't, he, he saw something in me and went, did it. And then I remember when he told me, I was just so excited. Try not to like, be a dork and cry or anything but i was just so excited i was like well i get to actually hold the belt i get to take it home with me this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> so becoming a champion and, and once again it's not just the monster factory but ppw mm -hmm. as well yeah um, so and that's a big deal like yeah ppw, PPW is one of the i mean biggest. when when i was told i was actually shocked i was like oh wow uh, i'm gonna you know, because this would would have been my second time winning it. Because I forget, I think it was a two year when I first came back to wrestling after having my daughter. She was a lot younger. I think she wasn't even one yet. Um, it was around then. But I, I only had the belt, what, for one time and I lost it the very next, you know, match. Who's to say that's not going to happen again? Seeing that my uh, <laughs> next match in PPW is this Saturday. But um I actually don't think the title is up because it's a tag match. So. And I tell you yeah. what, I think, I think it's so interesting. So would you say when the first time you were crowned PPW world champion in, mm. I believe, according to my notes here, that was in 2018, September. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So you were champion and now you're champion again. So you're a multi-time champion now. What changed? What changed with you? Um, well, the biggest thing is like, yeah, my daughter was there in 2018, but she was only barely two. Didn't understand much, you know, was just there because mom was there. But this show, you know, she was there. She was in the bleachers watching and to see her face when they said my name and I held that bell. She was just so proud and so happy. And, and that was like the best feeling, you know, like, like looking at something I've created, watch me do what I love and be so proud of her mom. And like, you could tell, like, she's very sassy. So you could tell, like when I went back to get her after I won, <laughs> she had her little head held up high. Like, yeah, I'm walking back with my mama and she's the winner. <laughs> like, so that was cool, you know, just just seeing her be so happy for me. Yeah. How how cool is it that, you know, being a parent, you're able to now share that and experience with her. And you know what I mean? There's something about that from, from I've heard yeah. from a lot of people in wrestling who have children that, yeah, I did it. But you know what? How cool is it that they're the little one is sitting up there now and they're able to see this yeah. and experience this? I think it's a really oh, great man. moment. Oh, it's, there's no greater feeling. There really isn't. Uh, just uh, 
any parent would be happy to see their kid proud of them. You know, it, it just, it truly, truly melts my heart. Like my daughter is very supportive of me and everything I do when it comes to wrestling, you know, she loves it. She does not like to see me lose. <laughs> she does not like that at all. She gets, watch mad. Out. <laughs> she gets very angry, but I try to explain to her, like, you know, it's going to happen. I'm not always going to win, but when I do win and how ecstatic she gets, it just makes everything that much better. Like, you know, the, here's a piece of me watching me. Like, and being proud of me. There's no greater feeling. Your number one fan right there. Yeah, uh, she really is. And it, it's funny, you know, because her dad wrestles too. So, but she always picks me. And I love to just rub <laughs> that in his face. <laughs> Girl power right there. Yeah, she sticks with mama. She's always going to stick with mama. Let me <laughs> ask you this. You, you talked about characters before. And was it just a natural thing? to be a heel like so obviously you're in training and, and you're going through all these different experiences did you always see yourself naturally being a heel in your mind were you like i really want to be the bad guy or were you like i want to be the the person that you know that they always cheer the all-american this or that yeah. what, what did you want to be what what fit you the best well when i first started i definitely liked uh being a baby face i liked getting cheered you know i think it was uh Again, me trying to build up that ego of mine to make myself feel better. But now, like, I just understand wrestling more. Like, I understand it's a heel's job to get booed. You don't need to get cheered, you know? So, and I just feel like being a heel comes more natural to me. Um, being very bitchy and just attitude just comes across more natural on my face than being that woohoo, cheer me type person. I like <laughs> to be booed now. I like getting fans upset you know uh after i had won the ppw title there was this guy in the audience who was just so mad and to me it was just like <laughs> of course after i won i had to go right up to him you know put it right in his face i had to be like you know because i cheated to win so he was like oh you're a cheater you're a cheater you're no <laughs> champ and, I, and of course you know i was like oh i'm not a cheater it's called working smarter not harder buddy i'm still your champ and he was so angry at me <laughs> like it was just perfect it was so funny like stuff mm -hmm. like that gets me happy because it, it i don't know it just makes it like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing you know i'm getting a reaction out of people i'm getting the reaction that you know the promoter wanted was for people to be angry for people to see that i cheated to win that i didn't fairly win the belt you know so when people are angry it means i i did my job right and and that makes me happy <laughs> that is tremendous so yeah champion again it's gotta feel so good um, it's nice <laughs> i was gonna say it is pretty cool pretty cool um so the next big event give me all the details the next big event so my next show is pbw and it's this saturday yeah, it, it's going to be a tag match. But the people we are going against is Mimi. And as everybody knows, Mimi is from the Monster Factory too. And yes. Mimi and I, ironically, we did not get to uh, have too many matches together, even though we're both from the Monster Factory. Because, you know, when I left, she was just coming up. She was only, what, I think 16 when she first came to the Monster Factory. Uh, 16 or 17, I believe. No, I think it was 16. She was young. 
I know that because I know her parents were with her uh, when she first came. Um, so she wasn't really too much in the ring yet. And then, you know, cliche, I wound up knocked up. So, so I had to obviously step away. And that's when she started to really, you know, get her stride in wrestling and become the wrestler that she is now, which is incredible. I just never got to have, I think only one time we had a match and it was, we were tag partners. So we didn't even wrestle each other. Okay. So this is going to be the first time that Mimi and I are actually stepping in a ring at a show together. So I think that's going to be pretty cool because I've always wanted to wrestle her. It's just the timing never, never happened. Never happened. No. And, uh, you know, Mimi's great, but, you know, I'm the heel. I'm better. So. <laughs> very true. Very true. This is so exciting. I could not be more happy for you because your story is amazing. Um, when I think about everything that, that you've put into your career and your time and the evolution of you as a person and, you know, having a child and realizing that I want to come back to this industry and you did, and you've become a champion yet again, no matter what happens, no one can ever take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really am just happy to wrestle like that. And if nothing comes of it, it is what it is. I'm just happy to do what I love. and wrestling is my passion. You know, I'm, I love stepping inside a ring and, and one before putting together a match and then doing the match and seeing the outcome of what we put together. Like, it's just amazing. Um, and then to kind of have a second go at it as it being, I don't want to say two different people, but a way more mature sure. individual it is, uh, it's just great. Like, you know, I would never want to go back to being that young and mature girl that I was when I first started wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm actually really happy with the person I am today and how I view things now when it comes to wrestling. What an incredible story, you guys. I am, I'm enjoying this because it's so, there are interviews that you get to do that are fun. And then there's mm -hmm. interviews you get to do that are fun, but like they're motivating and inspiring. And I feel like your story definitely expresses that it definitely comes through and you're very genuine and i could not be more happy for you and i know you're going to continue to kick butt take names uh be that yeah. heel get under yes. people's skin um <laughs> with that being said what are some of your social medias where can people follow you do you have some merch that people can buy so go ahead and i call this plug o mania <laughs> okay, so I don't have merch yet, but doesn't mean that I never will have it. It's just, you know, I just came back. So it's more of working up towards some ideas for that. Um, the main tool that if you wanted to reach out, say hi, or give me a follow is my Instagram. Um, it's Miranda underscore Vinette underscore the envy. Um, definitely can find me there. You know, I try to answer anybody who who wants to just say hello or say hi. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook. It's Vinette Rivera. I do have a Twitter account, but I, I don't use it often. Uh, Twitter is just, I don't know, it's never been my thing. And a lot of the times with Twitter, it's can be a very negative platform. So I, I try to stay away from Twitter. Very creepy bit. as well, depending on what people are sending messages. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, where do you come from? Like, this is weird. <laughs> Yeah, but so basically just Instagram is my like number one source of 
anyone wanted to give a follow, get in contact, say hi, you know, ask about signed autograph pictures, you could uh, definitely reach me there. And that's really it. I have this the is... PPW show this Saturday. That's right. And then the following Saturday, I have the Monster Factory show. So if you're ever in the area, Monster Factory is in Paulsboro, New Jersey. And um, So much fun to talk to you. I would love to go ahead and catch up with you again and, and have another part of this yeah. because this hey, is anytime. such a great story. Well, I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. anybody that wants to hear a little bit about me and wrestling. You know, it's been eight years in the making, so it's nice to kind of just sit back and kind of go back down memory lane of how it all got started for me. And it's only the beginning. Yes. I always say that, you know, I'm, I may be 31, but I feel like I'm 31, but in the better shape I've been in and, and mentally in a better spot and just a lot more mature. I mean, and kind of in the second act of wrestling for me. So As it's, it's cool. As they would say, you're living your best life, and I like that. Yeah, very true. I, I oh. am. I'm, I couldn't be happier with the way my life is going. Ms. Rivera, it has been so much fun. We will definitely be touching base with you again. Good yes. luck this weekend. Stay healthy, stay injury safe, and keep yes. kicking butt. Oh, man, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I truly appreciate you. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. All right, we'll talk soon. You have a good night. You too. Guys, it has been so much fun having this interview. She is an individual who not only has persevered through so many different things, but she's learned a lot along the way. And she's come out on the other side the best person that she can be, the best version she can be. And she's a mother now. And I think for me when I do these interviews, it's the, the personal side that means the most. Like championships, matches, all of that kind of stuff. That's great. But it's so cool to get inside and find out what really makes this person who they are and the way she talks about her daughter and the way she talks about persevering and being a good person in a very difficult industry. Let's be honest, wrestling is not an easy industry, not easy physically. It's not easy politically sometimes, but those who truly love it continue to keep uh, a stiff upper lip and uh, they keep their nose to the grindstone and they keep working hard and we're so proud of her. So hopefully she has another great show. I know she's going to have another great show uh, this upcoming weekend. So with that being said, follow her on all forms of social media. Uh, Vinette Rivera is our guest this week. Guys, I've had so much fun. Thank you so much for carving out a portion of your day with us. Once again, you can follow me over on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E, Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D. With that being said, I will talk to you on the next episode. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of